TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 591, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, Tom, hit us with the news. What you got? I have some news. First off, AMC, The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live... The, uh, the Rishon spinoff miniseries has added Terry O'Quinn from Lost to the cast and Walking Dead Daryl Dixon has added Melissa McBride, a.k.a. Carol, as a season two regular. Oh. Who should have been in the show in the first place? Which is place. fascinating because they initially said it was going to be a Daryl and Carol spinoff. Apple TV Plus has agreed with me and canceled the after party after season two. Aww. <laughs> CW has ordered two scripted series, Wild Cards with Riverdale's Vanessa Morgan and Sight Unseen with Daniel Gillies from Vampire Diaries and the Originals. Not coincidentally, both are Canadian productions. Hmm, I wonder if they're stocking up since the SAG Africa strike has not been settled yet. NBC has ordered Dr. Wolf starring Zachary Quinto to series. Law and Order Toronto has started shooting, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see that on NBC, because again, <laughs> we're running out of shows. And to no one's surprise, a new, a new Suits series is in development, because Suits is, is doing ridiculously well on Netflix. I watched it the first time around. It was fun. I liked it. I, it got old. The, the concept of it got stupid. But I right. broke up with it before season nine, but... Uh, yeah, I did too. But I might come back. And speaking of Netflix, they added 9 million subscribers in quarter three, but they're still jacking up prices to $12 for basic and $23 for premium. So I am glad that I I canceled wow. my subscription last year. David Ellison's Skydance Animation is moving from Apple to Netflix, which is big news. Sweet Magnolias got picked up for season four. Yay! And Netflix has rescued Star Trek Prodigy, and they will start uh, start streaming season one possibly as soon as the, toward the end of this year. And uh, right. finally, another rescue mission, Roku has rescued Spiderwick Chronicles after Disney Plus canceled it, even though it was pretty much done. Oh, fun fun news, Bear McCrary will be scoring uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians for Disney Plus. I hear that's supposed to be good, so I'm excited about that. Um, um, all right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to be talking uh, Lessons in Chemistry, which is an Apple TV show, and we're going to talk the first two episodes. And I actually saw it a little early, but um, so that means I got to ruminate on it more. I, It's such a weird thing the way it plays. It feels like it's based on a true story. Even it though is it's based not, on a true story. No, it's not. It's written. It's an author. I happen to know this because it's Peter's ex-girlfriend's neighbor wrote the book and i was like <laughs> and it's uh, and the dog in the book is her dog and it is not a true story it's she just she wrote the fiction of it it feels like a true story but it's not 
I thought it was for real. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it says a novel. Yeah. So, uh, and it's her first novel, which is amazing. Wow. The first book she ever wrote. The park. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it has that feel where it feels like you're watching a true story. And that's just amazing. And Brie Larson does this great performance where she feels like you're like, she feels like she's slightly autistic and it just has this element to it that just really works. I really like her character so far in the first couple episodes. And it looks good. The show, you know, no surprise. Uh, it's done by what is it Apple? Apple. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're spent money on it. It looks very period. Uh, she looks very period. Um, you know, I like the, the, I think the production is a good quality production again, not a surprise, but you know, sometimes, you know, it's not a given. Um, and uh, Brie Larson for me is like hit or miss. Um, I like her in many things, uh, you know, uh, but sometimes I find her a little understated in a way that, uh, you know, it's supposed to be acting, but I feel like she's not. Um, and she's definitely a certain type for me. Uh, so she's well cast in this. I'll put it that way. She's well cast and um, she, there is that kind of understated, whether it's autistic or, I mean, I don't know if it's neurodivergent, but it's, she's kind of hyper-focused in a way, uh, you know, that there's, I, I don't need to define it, uh, but it's very highly watchable and she's likable. Uh, the, the scientist guy who plays her love interest, um, holy cow. Uh, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about, we're talking about the first two episodes. Lewis right? We are. Lewis yeah, okay. Pullman, uh, Bill Pullman's son. Oh, oh. no way. Yeah, you oh. can totally, once you know that, you can totally see it. Oh, wow. <laughs> now I have to he's like, good. He's charming. And he's charming. I, I, I really is, just, I, go ahead. Tom hasn't spoken yet. Yeah, go, go ahead, Tom. This is one of his first bigger, I mean, he's the second lead on the show, well, until the end of until episode end two. Until the end of episode two. <laughs> but he's really, he's really charming. And what's interesting is they're both, I mean, they're scientists. I don't know if y'all have known some scientists, but I've known some scientists and engineers in my time. And they're not necessarily neurodivergent. They're just hyper-focused and not, yes, that's they're, what I they're, 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 they're off solving a problem in their mind while you're face-to-face -face thinking you're having a conversation with them. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. And um, I really like in episode one and in two, when we get more details, but basically why she has trauma from the door being locked. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to, I want to go back to something you said about Brie Larson. I really like Brie Larson and I think she gets a bad rap because everybody, you know, fanboys were hating on her because she insisted that the press junket for Captain Marvel be at least 50% women, which is like, that's a great request. I mean, I'm sorry, but there, there were some idiot fanboys who were dunking on her for that, and people dunked on her because she's unemo unemotional, et cetera. If she's in the right role, she can be very appealing and charming, and yeah. this is a good role for her yeah. because yeah. she does get to smile, although when people tell her to smile, I had, like, flashbacks I to uh, Jessica Jones yeah. season one. Yeah. And I, 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 I had mean, flashbacks to my life. Yeah. As a dude, and I've t I have enough good women friends, including the three of you, that I've heard that that's a thing, and it kind of drives me crazy when people say smile, especially when a male tells a woman to smile, it's patronizing and degrading. But when the woman told her, I felt like, girl, you should know better. 
<laughs> but that was a thing of the period because women yeah. just eye candy. But no, I, I'm totally in. Oh, and, and then she got and she got forced to do that uh, pageant. That, that was pageant. so degrading and humiliating. All of and that. then she leaves because she's helping him out with something, and then they turn on her. I mean, the people at the lab are awful. And can I go ahead and talk about the yeah, elephant in the room? Go ahead, go ahead. When he gets hit by the bus at the end of episode two, I'm like, <gasps> I, I, watched, I, I watched the first few minutes of episode three just to make sure that I wasn't. So that's a bummer because I really like the two of them together. Yes. But man, this is it's a it's a very well produced, well thought out show, and love it. Yeah. Um, I, we got to move on, but I, I say thumbs up. I can't wait to see the next episode. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to be talking about Frasier, which <laughs> I will start off by saying I casually watched the original Frasier in that I have probably not seen 50% of the episodes, but I've probably seen maybe 50% because like it was on reruns or whatever it was on TV. Maybe I'd leave it on. It's not. It wasn't bad when I was a kid watching it. I didn't mind it. I just. This is me. I'm, I know everybody. There are people who love Frasier. I am not one of the love Frasier things. I was a very casual Frasier watcher, so I wasn't super excited about the remake. Except that other people I knew were so excited, so I was like, "Fine, I'll check it out." I will say, current day, having this be a multicam with a live studio audience and a laugh track was so jarring for me. It just, it kept kicking me out of the show. Like I was like, why is that? What's that weird laugh? What's happening? Like it kept, it kept throwing me off. So it's like people don't do live studio audiences and laugh tracks anymore. So it's just, it's just a weird thing for them to be doing. And I personally don't like it. Tom, you are the Frasier person. What did you think? I watched the first five seasons religiously, and the problem is it went for like eleven. And when the you know when the people who created the show leave the show, it suffers. But for the final season, the gang, the band, got back together again, and they almost did a they almost did a spinoff continuation back then, but they couldn't make the numbers work. But now, since Paramount Plus needs hits, besides uh, Star Trek or uh, oh Taylor Sheridan, they give it a go. I really liked it. What I thought was really smart, and they've done this twice now, is they f- they brought in characters who were analogs, who fulfilled the function of characters from either Cheers or then Frasier V.1. For example, um, the son, Freddy, is basically, he's a stand-in for Martin, because it's not, it's not you know, unheard of that a kid with two egghead parents would rebel against both and be more like the grandfather who's your meat and potato salt of the earth guy. And everybody else basically has an analog on the show. I don't think it's necessary to go through them all. I, I, I don't think that the nephew who's supposed to be Niles feels like Niles. He no, feels no, like no. A chief. The nephew's not Niles. The professor's Niles as somebody who always pricks him. The nephew's more Daphne. I, I, I don't like the nephew a lot. Like he really yeah, bothers the crap out of me. And I don't know if it's an acting problem or a writing problem. I do like the department head because she makes me laugh. She, she's funny. I like her probably the most out of everybody. Um, but I don't think I like the show. I think I'm I'm a thumbs down on the show. Oh, interesting. I like it quite a bit. I mean, it's not revolutionary. I think it's going to take a while to find their groove. 
But the thing I like about it is Frasier always, I mean, they haven't changed the essential formula of the, the first version, which Frasier gets his come up in somehow that he may be book smart, but he's not street smart. And, and they I really, I, I think their misdirect was in the third episode. Are we talking about the third episode? Uh, whatever. No, first two. Uh, no, just the first two. Ah, uh, whatever. All right. Can't talk about first to... day yet. I know. Well, has Allison seen the show? She hasn't said anything, so let's see. Sorry, no, no, oh. I hadn't. I, uh, I, I got as far as seeing their trailer, and I thought, well, you know, this is supposed to be their best material, the really funny ha-ha that they're putting in to get people to watch the show, and I thought the trailer was abominable, so, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't tune in. I don't, bl- I don't blame you. I don't think you're missing anything. The trailer I, wasn't great. But I, 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 oh, go ahead, Tom. Go, no, go ahead, Yusin, because we're on a clock. Oh, 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 go ahead, Yusin. Yeah, so, I, I'm in the middle. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I'm willing to give it a chance. Um, it is very reminiscent of of of, of True Frasier. Uh, so if you're a Frasier fan, uh, you were a casual fan. I'm more than a casual fan. So I think that that really will color how you take the remake. Um, I don't think it's a show that's so great that e- you, you don't have to be a fan of Frasier. You would love this show. It's hilarious. It's not that good. Um, but I think that if you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean, but it's, yeah. it's gonna, it's not going to convert people or it's not going to, you know, proselytize out there and get people who've never seen Frasier to watch Frasier. But I think if you miss Frasier or you liked Frasier, um, it gives you enough Frasier. It has the same beats, you know, the, the can, the, the, the characters are all kind of there in one way or another. I don't love the show, but I'm going to give it a chance. I don't think it's abysmal. Uh, and uh, I know that doesn't sound like a resounding, you know. Uh, <laughs> with like, tune in, it's not abysmal. Can <laughs> we put that on the poster? Not abysmal. Not abysmal. Um, no, I, I think it's solid for now. Uh, and hopefully I think it'll get better. I think it's, it's got, you know, it's got, it's got some room to grow. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Loki, and then we're going to talk the last two episodes of Loki, um, which are a, a mixed bag for me because last week's episode of Loki I thought was okay and kind of confusing. Yeah. But this week's episode of Loki I really liked. So I'll talk about the first one first, which is okay, so I watched. The first episode of Loki, and it was I thought it was great. And then this episode, then second episode started, and I was confused. I was like, wait, what's happening? Like, I felt like they dropped me in the middle of that episode, and I didn't understand where they were in the conflict or what they were solving or anything. And I was like, why am I confused right now? And it took about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes into the episode for me to understand what was happening. I literally was like looking to see if I had missed an episode or something, which was like, I was like, what the heck is going on? And so that's terrible because I'm usually pretty good with following storyline and arcs, time travel and compete, all that stuff. I had no clue. Like they were talking, like I should know what they were talking about. And I did not. Um, so let's talk about that one real quick. Tom, oh, what'd you think? No, the, the episode was called breaking Brad and Raphael Casal, the new addition to the TVA crew Basically, he'd gone back to the 70s and become... Yeah, but what? why are we following him? What's going on with... Like, what? Yeah, why that, are we following this that, guy? That was, that was kind of the non-sequitur. So I had I feel exactly this. I wish they had set it up better. 
And right. for some reason, they dropped us in the middle of, you know, when you only have six episodes for the season and you're going to drop us in the middle of an episode instead of continuing where we left off. It was confusing. Mm-hmm. It and was very like, confusing. Yeah. Confusion and cl- confusion is the enemy of clarity. So, Yeah. It was okay. All right, uh, Allison, you haven't talked yet. Go ahead. No, I, I feel I feel exactly the way you do about both episodes. It sounds like. Um, no, no, no. I, oh, well, oh, I like this one. No, because the, no, no, because you also you, you gave a little thing of what you thought of each. But uh, focusing on this episode, yeah, I, I, I mean, first of all, I, I don't really know Raphael Casal as an actor that well. That I immediately realized that the guy who was who was uh, this supposed to be this actor at this premiere was the same character who we'd seen right. as Hunter yeah. because he, right. you know, his hair is styled completely differently yep. is acting in a completely different way. And the last time we saw him, you know, there was seemed to be this thing between him and the general and he was like all right. in on what was going on. Right. And now suddenly out of nowhere, he's, he's like this rogue agent who's off, you know, being this actor. And I felt exactly the way you did. Like, was there a, a, an episode I missed? what the hell happened here i how do how am i supposed to put together these two things and how do they how do they mesh so yes it was it was a very confusingly written episode i think maybe that originally they had more story going on and then they suddenly you know they broke down they trimmed it down yeah yeah and and it it, that's what it felt like into account that it doesn't didn't make sense it, right. it it was the same thing. It took me like half the episode to figure out what was going on. And when I did, I was not impressed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> not good storytelling there, guys. <laughs> well, Houston, do you want to start us off on the newest episode so that we can? Um, sure. I I didn't love it. I thought, really? Yeah. I thought the first half was sort of like a Benny Hill episode where they were just kind of being chased around uh, like crazy. Um. Uh, you mean when they're in, in Chicago and yeah, 1890s? when they're in Chicago and it was like <laughs> no, no, I, I, I did. I really thought so. They, they kind of seemed bumbling. I don't know why. Uh, for me, it you know, and they, they came, you know, they were hiding in a panel on the outside of a building, and they came. I, I don't know. It just seemed too frenetic and frenzied, and it didn't, it didn't. The stakes weren't high. I actually really like uh liked liked past tense you know he who remains remains yeah or Uh, or this this variant of kang right so john what's his name jonathan majors jonathan majors so jonathan majors i really liked him as that character but this iteration this variant um he had uh it seemed very caricaturish like in order to like make him a variant he put on a stutter you know yeah mm-hmm. his stutter was, it wasn't even a good stutter it wasn't it a took good me stutter. like it, it took me like 10 minutes to realize that's what he was doing yes. i was like Wait, yeah. what's going on yes. and i was like oh he's stuttering yes okay. yeah and, and, that means you're not doing it right right yeah. and so i was like what is what's this i was like is it is he is is he doing it because he's a con man is he is it his variant has the stutter like what what is happening here so i was i actually was confused not really confused but kind of in terms of his character like what are we what are we getting here and so the 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 emotional weight of it when he was kind of begging for his life essentially i didn't really care i thought his characterization of this particular variant was odd uh and uncalled for so it was an unconvincing so that to me kind of cast a pallor 
I like the fact that he starts off when we first meet him. You think he's this like genius who got all these ideas from this yes. book. Yes. And and then very quickly you realize he's a con man. Right. And I was yep. like, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I did like that. I yes. mean, stutter, crappy stutter aside, I liked that he was not what I was expecting. Sure. And uh, then that moment where uh, Renslayer is like, we could be partners. And I was like, uh-oh. Because as soon as she said that, I was like, didn't we just have this whole thing where he, he said, I don't do partners? Right. Uh-huh. And so I knew that that was going to be a bad thing. And then having the, the time watch chick, the clock. Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Having this bizarre obsession slash love thing with him, was that was kind of interesting, but got really like weird it got really weird really fast but i'm glad that they only had it for like five seconds um because i was like why is she all jealous but i did get that why he would follow renslayer versus loki and the other guys because if you're a black dude in the 1880s are you gonna trust these guys or are you gonna trust the really pretty black woman that's trying to get you to to do this other thing and i was like okay i get it right um and that all worked and, and you say there's no stakes but because we have so many variants, I thought there was a really good likelihood he was going to die by the end of the episode. So I was actually surprised that they didn't kill him. Oh, wow. I never thought that. Even I absolutely all. did. We have 5,000 variants of him. Yes, but they went to go back to get him and it would have been such a it would have been such a it would have been such a downer at the end of a Benny Hill episode to like, you know. Well, it, well I didn't see I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't Benny think Hill it was, a, it was I not didn't at think all. It was Benny Hill-esque at, at all. Yeah, actually, at I all, yeah. I, I had Go a ahead. very different reaction to the episode as a whole, um, and apparently to, to individual parts of it that than Yusin did, because I loved this episode. I thought this I episode did too. was great. I, I, I really I, enjoyed I it. I loved the reference to the, the Chicago World's Fair, and I thought they did a gorgeous job, especially that vista when they're looking over the water, because it looks just exactly like photographs and postcards I've seen of, of what the, the Chicago World's Fair looked like. I thought they did a beautiful job as far as that that was concerned, and I, uh, my my view of Jonathan Major's performance, I have to say, I honestly could not stand him as He Who Remains. I thought he was affected and and cartoonish, way over the top. I I did not like him as at that role, and when you know uh, when everything started coming down as far as the trial and whatnot, I figured, well, if they have to recast him, that's no great loss where his performance as Victor Timely is concerned, though, I actually liked that. I thought his performance as Timely was interesting, and his choice to do a stutter I thought was was really kind of fun. And, you know, the thing is, because I thought his stutter was very convincing because you've, wow. got, a, you've got a stereotypical s- 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 stutter that does that, or what if you've, if you've ever known anybody who really stutters, they try to overcome it by having these breaks by by slowing by down pausing their speech yes. right pausing. Sure. and that's exactly what he did and i thought he did a brilliant job of it he sent he sounded very much like people i've known who who have gone through that and and so i thought i thought he did a wonderful job and i like the characterization over overall i thought he i thought he was really very good with that but i i i think that they had a much stronger storyline with this yeah i thought it was interesting the way they they went about it i liked their their use of sylvie in this and the way she kind of 
grows as a character. I like that. She's all about, you know, revenge. And then suddenly, you know, when they have that confrontation, when she's got him at knife point and he's saying, you know, I'm a different person. And it's literally like she's looking in a mirror because Mm -hmm. she realizes this is why she's been pursued and why her life was destroyed because she was just looked at as, you know, a variant of Loki. And if she were to kill him now, she'd be guilty of exactly the same sort of thing. So I I loved that because they didn't explain that to you. You just saw that in her reaction. And I I thought that that was beautifully done. Yeah, Yeah, Tom. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, I'm 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 in the middle on this episode. I really like Jonathan Majors as an actor. I'm not in love with the concept of how they're executing Kang and his variants. I did not like what they did in Ant-Man and the Wasp at all. Um, he Who Remains, I, I can see, he seemed more threatening than this one. This one seemed a little bit more blithe and likable, but it, I don't know. I just, it makes me nervous that he's the big bad of phase five of all these media and it seems like they can't write all the different versions well. And right, for, uh, he's so different, but not in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and uh, Sylvie was Sylvie's great. Miss Minutes was creepy. <laughs> it's Super like, creepy. hey, yeah. it's an evil cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to know what she was going to say when they cut to credits, because she, she said she's like, I know a secret, and of oh, course, right, 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 yeah. And this is the well, midpoint of, of the series. Yeah, we want to know, but we got to move on. Yep. Um, I'd say we're kind of split a little bit more. Thumbs up Okay, mm-hmm. well, not as split as I thought. Then three, for, three for out the of pair. four. For the pair. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to talk about Wheel of Time finale, which we haven't talked about. And I loved how Wheel of Time ended this yep. season, which is not what I would have said last season necessarily. But this season was going really, really strong, and they ended really, really well. And everybody, because I liked how all the characters ended up in the same city. Yep. Finally. And then, finally. Yeah. And For the first the time season. since, like, the beginning of season one. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, that's how the books are, too, which is super okay. annoying. But uh, I like that everybody ended up in the same place, ended up at the same time, fighting, like, the same battle. Um and it all worked and it didn't work as i predicted necessarily other than i knew that they were going to have to have ran be announced as a dragon dragon well, dragon reborn i knew that was going to happen <laughs> oh yeah yeah with light shows and everything and all of that pyrotechnics like, magic yeah, serpents pretty cool but i also liked how not naive wait Egwene. Egwene. I loved Egwene's story. It was so satisfying. Satisfying. So satisfying. Like, they did such an epic job of following her arc, of being tortured, of being partially broken, of coming back, making a threat, talking about how she was going to kill her, and then killing her. I was like, fantastic. Can I clap now? Like <laughs> I did. <it> was... <laughs> So I would say definitely thumbs up for Wheel of Time. I'm 100% in for the next season. Uh, Tom, go ahead. What would you think? Okay, question. Heroes of the Horn. So that that was the dude who got, like, killed, impaled, and he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was – The whole thing about this show is reincarnation. 
all the main heroes keep getting reincarnated over and over again. Gotcha. That was cool. Um, I also like that Matt was Matt outsmarted the dude who's like, ah, you know, evil dude who thought he had Matt trapped and Matt was smart. Right. It's, oh, he put it to the on the spear. It's, it's yeah, refreshing yeah. when characters act smart instead of doing stupid, tropey, dumb stuff. And the right. other thing I really love was that Moraine restored her bond with Hot Asian Dude. Hot Asian Dude? <laughs> Name Land. 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 Yeah. There's too many characters on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but what's weird about it is they... I know technically their relationship is not sexual, but the way that the two of those actors played that scene, I was like, is anybody else hot in here? Like, <laughs> like oh my God. And I was like, I know he's supposed to be in love with Nynaeve. And there's, and I mean, like they start the show off in season one with the two of them in a bath together. And I was going to say, they're, they're totally boinking. <laughs> I, I, but it's just like their tension in that scene when they renew their bond. I was like, holy crap. Oh, like, I love really I good. Love, I love when Matt took a swipe at Rand's haircut, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Allison, your thoughts. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty much echoing everybody else. I, I thought this this was so good. And I almost stopped watching, you know, with season one because I just thought it was such a bore. And these characters are so unengaging and uninteresting. And it's like complete turnaround in this yes. season they just they yes. really really went for it i guess they figured out you know what works and what doesn't and by the by the finale i was like yes bring on season three um <laughs> so i'm i'm all there i thought it was i thought it was great i thought all the characters and i really i know you said that they unfortunately split them up in the books so i they'll probably do that again but i really wish they wouldn't because they work fantastically you know together so it's nice to see them do that um and i've, I've gotten used to the new matt too I, I think the whole thing with the horn kind of won me over well he did exactly what i wanted him to do which was when he got on that bridge and he was stuck and he couldn't get there was like a whole army between him i was like blow the horn and he looks at the horn and he blows the horn i was like thank you <laughs> yeah so that was that was all really really nicely done i i really like that and and also um rand is not annoying like he was in season one well, he was, well he's also using his powers and stuff that's happening and he's making yeah. decisions and stuff, yeah. What's the deal with the with the dark haired chick who we thought was evil, but maybe she's she still is Lanfear? The force Lanfear, right? Yes. Yeah. Apparently she's uh, not as evil as others are. So Right. Well that. her th her problem is she's in love with dragon the original before. dragon. Yeah. Oh. So she was in love with Luz Theron, who is the first dragon. And because of that, she's more in love with him than she is evil. So she wants to kind of do her evil agenda, but not if it really hurts him. You know so what I mean? That flashback at the end of episode 208 was really not helpful at all. <laughs> Which flashback? Where they, where oh. they show, you know, 3,000 years earlier, where they show Ishmael oh. and I guess the last dragon what? dude. Right, right. It shows that he doesn't, he chooses not to kill him. And to, so he take the whole point is it explains why he basically binds all the forsaken and, and because he doesn't want them to get reincarnated so he binds them all and traps them so they can never huh. yeah instead of killing them because if he kills them they'll just get reincarnated and do the same thing again so if he binds them and traps them then they can't do that all right Yusin, go ahead uh yeah you know i voted for this show i think last year or no this year i don't know 
Uh, I, the, the, I can't remember what I, the, my point is, this is probably my favorite show of the year. Um, I, I know it's, we're not there yet. Uh, and it, it isn't the best show. Uh, I know there are better shows out there. I know there are like in terms of whatever quality, prestige production, but I, I, this is my favorite show. Um, I think it really paid off the patience that, that we, some of us showed with season one. Uh, others were, you know, begrudgingly kind of gave it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I feel like you're targeting certain people with that comment. <laughs> that would be me. But those of us who were, who, who had more faith, um, uh, we were rewarded. Uh, even the beginning of the season was a little slow for me. It was, I was a little worried. Uh, it was a little, I was a little confused uh i i couldn't remember what i was supposed to remember i think uh and suddenly it took it a minute yeah it took a minute and suddenly it didn't matter uh because it was mostly action uh you know everything was very kinetic everybody was making choices uh good or bad didn't matter so lots of things were happening uh it and and you know uh the show is very beautiful to look at uh not just the costumes but you know the quality of the show the I mean, it's a very expensive show. It shows. It looks expensive. Uh, so the money, you know, the we see the money. We see where they've spent the money. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I'll, I won't belabor the point except by saying that the finale, uh, what you said, uh, Libya, everyone shows up. Everyone shows up. Everyone meant business. You know, everything got done. So, I mean, of course, I'm very excited to see season three, but I feel like, a full arc, a full journey. We went on a full journey, uh, you know, in one season. So I'm very satisfied with it. I'm not left with all of this, like, oh, but now what's going to happen? And, oh, but they didn't give me this. And I was very afraid of that. So we got that battle. We got the, you know, proclamation of the Dragon Reborn. And so where they've left me off for season three, I'm very satisfied with. So very pleased with the season on a whole. Yay. All right, so I think we're all giving it thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. And uh, I don't remember the last two episodes exactly. Lower the first Dex one is... was the badgy episode with, you know, robots. Oh, I, I really, really dislike the badgy. I feel Not like I should write into the writers and tell them, no more you badgy. guys, I know, you guys must like badgy. I hate him. So having the entire episode about with different versions of him just well, made it even way worse. Less peanut hamper too. It's like, ugh. What? And it's just like the, 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 the evil IA and all that. I don't mind peanut hamper as much as Badgie. I just really hate Badgie. I'm not a big fan but of either of them. I mean, it's just the whole artificial intelligence being evil constantly. And they have like, they, they've done the joke already. It's like, this is a joke they've done, completed. Stop it. You know, it's, it's like, what's, we it's get a, it. It's it's a one note joke, right? Correct, and they've done it several, like three episodes so far, and I do not like it. Well, Badger has and... ascended, so maybe he's gone away for good. Yes, but they oh, he's Badgie's ascended. <laughs> but bad, that's fine. Badger's gone, but they still keep hitting that evil AI robot thing, which which is weird work. because classic Star Trek did enough of that back in the day. It's like yeah, that's true, but I really feel like they're doing it every other week. But let's like that was crappy. But the one in the cave, the cave was actually pretty good because what I thought was hilarious is it literally looked like they were in the exact same cave. And I think oh, they did that on purpose. It, it's a joke on the planet hell set from yeah. 
TNG. I visited that when I worked there. Um, no, I thought the funny thing about Caves is it was kind of a clip show for which we've seen no episodes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was great. Yeah, I it thought was that great. was fun. Yeah. And so I think I, my, I think my yeah. favorite is when uh, oh, engineer dude <laughs> has to give birth. Oh, oh right. We had the baby. The they were like, "What? You had a child and didn't tell us?" <laughs> <laughs> All yes, it was really great. All the episodes were random and really fun. And it was funny too because when the moss at the end was like, "Wait, but I really want to hear what happened in the," (laughs) and I was like, "Me too. I want to hear too. (laughs) Me too. Do are we gonna get that one?" And then we did, and I was like, "Oh, okay, good." So, yeah, no, it was it it was it's it was classic, and that's it's funny, Tom, that you say that clip show for for episodes we didn't see because. It was, it's just, it's really fun when we get these, you know, individual stories of the individual, uh, you know, uh, uh, lower deckers. I guess they're not lower deckers, they're mid deckers. No, they're um, still lower deckers, trust me. Oh, that's when, right. When you're a JG, you're still a lower decker. Okay, so, um, yeah, you know, the show the show is just doing what it does best. And then, I, you know, and then the double joke about the, the M, 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 Ander, whatever, the octopus aliens, you know? The, oh the, yeah, those guys. That, they were like, "We think it's it's these guys doing an experiment on us, like you crazy conspiracy theorists." And then those guys like literally show up, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh wait, twice!" <laughs> because it turns out the moss one was an experiment too. We're like, "Yeah, oh, I know." Again, that was so, so good. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. Allison, any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, no, I I thought it was a really funny episode, and I love the, the the way that they used the the aliens whose name I can't remember. Um, but the little octopus things, you know, they, they just, they, they were sort of like these, these alien psychologists (laughs) who who kept being, you know, terrible ones. I mean, but they, 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 their main goal was to just make these people, you know, friends again and, and know how to cope with stress and all of that thing. And I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Cause they used a lot of psycho speak while, while they were talking. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, thumbs up, I think, for the second episode. The first one, I think, we're thumbs down on. Yeah. But let, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, the fall of the House of Usher. We're going to talk about the first two episodes. And what I thought was amazing about that, they had a super solid pilot. The pilot just, it basically breaks everything down for you and tells you, this is the story we're going to tell for the whole season. It's going to be this, 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 and this. Here we go. You ready? Let's go. And it it was fantastic. One, the acting, it, when you normally have like a kind of horror show, you usually get the bottom echelon of actors. But this show, like every, I was like, how many people on this screen have like Emmy nominations? Like it, it was insane. <laughs> and they were just so good. And I usually don't like scary stuff. And for the most part, I would say this is more bloody than scary like i was never scared because they had they had points where they could have done jump cuts or jump scares and they chose to what i call a casual walk scare instead (laughs) where where like because the the main guy he's seeing stuff that nobody else can see so he's seeing all these dead people and nobody else can see them it's just him and they explain it scientifically saying he's got this disease that giving him hallucinations so he's seeing all these things and what they did is like he's having a conversation 
uh, where he's giving his big confession. And the two guys are in a room, and he's talking, and he's like, you see, like, this all bloody body walk by the first guy, and you're like, oh, there's a dead body walking towards the main dude. And then they have that dead body walk a little closer. And then when they do the shot, where it's just like they're face-to-face, like it's all up in the screen, by the time that shot happens, you know that character's there. And so you're not – there's no jump scare. It's just like, oh, dead guy's there. He sees them. The hallucination's freaking him out. So it's more about our lead guy being freaked out about his hallucinations than it is about trying to do cheap scares on the audience. And I think that's way better, you know, storytelling because it is more of a psychological drama. It's more about what this guy is seeing than it is about trying to scare us as the audience. And I think that's a really good play. It, it feels it makes the show seem smarter. How about that? Uh, Tom, go ahead. Part of the brilliance of what Mike Flanagan's done here, and he gives credit to Poe, you know, based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe, is he's basically putting them all in this Cuisinart and using uh, using the Usher family as the conduit. But um, Auguste Dupin, by the way, the character played by Carl Lumbly, predates Sherlock Holmes historically. He is the template for what we would call the modern day detective and predates Holmes by decades. But recasting the Usher family as the Sacklers is freaking brilliant. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wow. So that way it's relevant. It's it's in the times. But the fact that we're told that, you know, all of his children are dead. (laughs) And we're. Yeah, we find. Yeah. And there's like not. He has six kids and they all die in two weeks. Like they tell you that in the premiere. Brilliant. And then Mary McDonald. Hello. Love her. But casting them as this, you know, this creepy brother and sister pairing and Bruce. Yeah, because you're wondering, like, are they sleeping together? Like, there's something very uh, incestuous. Especially the younger versions of them. And Zach Wilford plays the young Roderick. And I forget who plays uh, the young uh, sister. But no, I'm totally in. Um, Are we talking? We're talking about one first, right? One, yeah, we're we're talking about one, but we're talking about two. Okay, you can talk about two as well. My thing is, there's the thing at the very beginning where the detective comes to the house and he's about to tell him his confession, and they're talking, and he's like, "I want your sister more than I want you," because his sister's obviously done more evil stuff. Yeah, and he's like, "Where is she?" And he goes, "She's downstairs." And I was like, "Is she dead downstairs?" <laughs> like that was like what I was thinking, and and so far we don't know because it's just the two of them sitting in this room discussing and what's cool is like after the premiere basically every episode is how each child dies and then each episode is a different poe novel like well well, no short story short story sorry so it's pretty cool and each episode is named after the short story it's like emulating yeah it's um no the, the way he set this up is brilliant yeah i i definitely like, if you had told me ahead of time I was going to really like this super scary thing, I was like, nope, that's not going to happen. The only reason I even gave it a shot was because I love Mary McDonald, and uh, I saw Mark Hamill was in it. I like Lumbly. I like all those guys. And I was like, oh, he's got a really good cast. And from like, Battlestar Galactic is in it. And it's <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gory? true. Say again? You said? it's not too gory? It, it, it's gory, but it's not scary. So there's, like, a lot of blood 
and the way the first son dies is like horrible. Horrifying. But it's also, it, but he's also it's his fault because he's, he's an dumb. idiot. He's an idiot. It's like I was like, who does that? You you were just super dumb. He basically not only kills himself but a lot of people because of his stupidity, and it's it's gruesome, but it's not scary. So that's the thing is I don't do I don't do scary, but the story is told really, really well. So um, so far and I've I've watched up to like, I think, episode six. Oh, wow. So I've gone pretty far because wow. um, he's only at the point I'm at now. He's only got two kids left. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I, I love the conversation with uh, Dupin where it's Roderick and Dupin and he's like, turn around and you can see her. And he's like, I'm oh, not yeah. going to around, but we can see her. <laughs> I know. It was so great. And, but it was like far in the distance, out of focus. It was great. <laughs> no, did you get to, is the Lemonade conversation in the second episode where they talk about Lemonade or Lemons? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know what episode that is. I think it might be three. But basically, that is how dialogue should work in every drama. Um, because Lumley was like, oh, so you took lemons and made lemonade. And he goes, and then his response, I'm not going to spoil it. His response about what he did to the lemons blew yeah. my mind. I made sure I did not so watch good. This. I made sure I did not watch this too late at night because I don't want yeah. some of these images in my head as I'm going off to sleep. No, no, no. The lemon conversation is not scary. No, it's I'm just, just talking about the, the show in general, though. Oh, okay. The lemon conversation lets you know rich people think differently than the rest of the world. Oh, like, like the way he was like, oh, if we got lemons, this is what we would do. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And you'll know when you get to it. But, yes, it's not – I watch it during the day, but, I mean, I don't know if that was that had anything to do with I, – I don't find it scary, really, at all. I thought that I might. And I was ready on my controller to like hit pause if anything overly scared me or traumatized me, but it didn't. So yay. It's just really good storytelling. So that's all I'm gonna say. So let's move on. Thumbs up. Yeah. All right. Uh next up we're gonna talk about Gen V and we're gonna talk about episodes uh three and four. I know we're behind a bit, but we're gonna hopefully catch up. Uh so episode three is Think Brink, and it's the episode where they have a uh, a big party to say goodbye to Brink and I'll have all the sponsors there. And that's when uh, Emma gets asked to track down Sam and get really small and sneak in. And they put a transponder on her and everything. And she sneaks into Sam's cell in the woods. And uh, what's going on? I'm trying to remember what's going on with the main character in that episode. Doesn't I she don't... get interviewed? That's like when she gets Yeah, that's the episode where they're interviewing her because they think, because it's her and the other guy that I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, and they're supposed to both be interviewed together because they do the photo op, but then he doesn't show up at the interview. So they change it up and they just make her the big hero that stops Golden Boy. So now she's she's moving to the top of the charts of the rankings. Um, But the big thing that's crazy is he, the son guy, he tells Emma... He doesn't even know Emma from whatever. He just knows that what her power is, and he's a hundred percent just kind of using her to do the mission that he doesn't want to do, or technically he can't do. He just can't physically do it. He physically can't do it, but he was just really inconsiderate to ask her to do it. I thought. 
Yeah, but she um, even said, I think in the dialogue, she even said she's like, whatever. Like, you know, I, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, he was trying to explain it to her and goes, you could, you know, you might risk your life and, you know, this is things. She's like, I know, I know, I got it. I'll do it. I'm, she was like, Ew. I think, but she was just like in a weird mindset yeah, at the time because she, she had just been, she had just been in all the social media and everybody found out about her, her vomiting and stuff. And right. so she was just really upset. Yeah. So the fact that he even talked to her and he's ranked, now he's ranked number one and he's deigning to talk to her and ask her for a favor. She's like, all right, I'll do it. Yep. Um, so that was more of her motivating fact, not so much she wanted to be a hero, but I will have to say once she saw what was going on with Sam, her whole tone changed and she was much more excited to help Sam out after that. Yeah. Cause then that goes into the next episode when they escape and they hang out with, uh, Allison, you said it was a skating rink. Yeah. yeah I think it was a skating a rink. Yeah. Like an, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Abandoned. And then they hung out together and we found out that Sam sees everybody as puppets which I have to say the puppet thing was fun. And why is Jason Ritter inside his head? Yeah, <laughs> that was very random. It, it wasn't even like an act, like a no name actor. It was like, wait a minute. Is that Jason Ritter? Like, what? What? What's happening? <laughs> it was so bizarre. Cause I was like, wait, I know who that is. Why is he a vision in this dude's head? That's just, okay. He's probably the yeah, showrunner's a... friend. They're probably sitting I know, it was just such a weird, I, I know it was super random. Yeah, and you could tell that that actor only had to work for like a couple of hours to do that footage. Um, but it was just so weird. But anyway, uh, Allison, what did you think of these episodes? Um, no, I, I like them. And I thought that it, they did a, a lot to do uh, as, as far as character development is concerned. Because the, the one thing that we really needed here was some growth. And um, I thought the two episodes together really worked for that because we got, uh, especially where it comes to the, our, our lead, um, was, and I'm blanking on everybody's name for some reason. Yeah, but, I can't remember anybody's name. I was like, Blood Girl. Yeah, Blood Girl. Telekinesis guy, Magneto. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, she, I mean, she has been so into just working her way up the, the chain and of, of popularity and becoming number one. And all of that, and because she's focused on trying to get back with her sister, and she thinks if she does all this popularity stuff, that somehow her sister is going to forgive her or whatever. Right. If and, she shows herself to be a hero, she right. thinks her sister will then, forgive her. Exactly. Right. So, um, and she finally, she finally realizes that she's just being manipulated and and, yes. and displayed like a little show pony. And she has she's she's had enough of it, and she has a nice bonding moment actually with the other kids, where they're telling her, "Look, you know, none of this is your fault. The things that that happened with your family that's that's not you. That's actually on them for feeding you yeah, this they, drug." I know, as a baby, right? Um, it's like your parents decided to give you this drug as a child, hoping that you would become this big hero that they could sell. Mm -hmm. you know make money off of I, yeah. I don't but i also feel like yes but i also feel like when they were advertising this drug for like i want to know what the what the selling point that they were giving to these parents i'm 99 sure that bought lied to the parents 100 percent. well I, I i think to some degree that may be true but we're also being shown a world where it's 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 uh, really filled with terrible opportunistic people and even True. people who seem to be nice you know turn out to be horrible opportunists and so i think that 
we're seeing a lot of that. The, the, the families that we're seeing, there might've been some who maybe like they had a genetic disorder that they were afraid of passing on to the kid and felt that, you know, if they took this drug that they'd come out perfect instead, you know, that kind of thing. But there, I think the overwhelming number of parents who gave it to their kids were told, Hey, you, your kid is going to be a, a superhero and you could, you know, capitalize on that. So I think that, I think that at least in this world that we've been shown, I think that the, the parents were perfectly okay with that idea. I wonder too, cause she has a sister and I'm like, if the parents gave the drug to the oldest daughter, why would they have not given it to the younger daughter? So I'm wondering if her little sister I will also end up with power. Entirely possible. Yeah, I think that's going to be a reveal. Yeah. You know, she may, I can't see the be... parents having two kids and not drugging both of them. Yeah, we may find her in the in the woods, too. Yes. Oh, that's a good, that's good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Because she doesn't know where her sister is and she's looking. I definitely think that that's going to be a bomb that they drop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like the show. I don't. I mean, I go from I want to love the show. I don't love it, um, you know, but it's it's compelling enough for me to enjoy it and definitely hit the you know next button, the next button. It's one it's one hair below super bingeable for me. Um, I definitely watched more than one episode in a sitting, uh, because, you know, because it has that draw. Um, and the show is just so randomly weird. Like, you know, I think it was the end of the fourth episode with that interviewer guy, you know, who comes on. Oh, Ted Knight. Yeah, Ted the Ted Knight, Knight guy. Yeah. You know I mean, like, you know, he turns out to have a brain tumor that makes him want to have sex with holes. You know what I mean? Then, <laughs> <laughs> what? What am I watching? Why am I that watching this? That was so bizarre. What I know, because it it's, was like, that's how she blackmails him yes. to leave her alone. And I was like, oh my God. this show is so weird. And I'm like, what am I watching? Why am it's I watching It's one of those it? moments, though, that just remind you, yep, it's a sequel to The Boys. Yes, yes it is. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. So, you know, it 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 trades on that a little bit. You know, that kind of, uh, you know, overwrought kind of, you know, weirdness um uh but that you know that's what you signed up for you know what i mean like you know i mean i know what kind of show i'm getting um and so but it was it was a little like what um and it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't need to be like that uh but i guess it kind of does because that's what this show is like and you know and the show with the i mean and the the scene with the exploding penis and i mean you're getting oh my god all the things all the things. Well, the whole the thing about that scene is it's the actor from Supernatural. Yes. And he was such a cute, like, good kid on Supernatural. Oh, I don't and know. And on here, he's such a skeevy douchebag <laughs> that I was like, yeah, I guess that's acting, man. That's um, and it's Well, it remember, though, even on me. Supernatural, he was brought in as the Antichrist. And your first impression yeah, but... of him, oh, he's going to be evil because he has that look. But then, then you realize, oh, you no, know, he's just an innocent, sweet little kid. Right. Yeah. He was sweet. I liked him on Supernatural. He was oh, well, I did too. I, I thought he was. I thought he was great. So all I know of him is exploding penis. So that's, <laughs> that's, his, that's his acting resume for me. So... But I think that, but that, that, that's very Kripke. Kripke's like. I will take everybody that you know on my other show and twist them into something else entirely. I'm, I can't wait for Misha Collins to show up on this show. Because, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I, I can because I love his character as Castiel. He, he is just like my hero. 
And I'm like, oh, if he comes on this or the boys, he's going to be terrible. He's just going to be a terrible person. <laughs> Is he going to? I don't know. Oh. I mean, I'm just, but Kripke pretty much has brought everyone. Like, every single person from Supernatural, except for Jared. Because Jared was working. He was on Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, but now that that show got can nope, is it canceled? I don't remember no, if it's canceled. Know. It might no, actually it's not canceled. The spinoff is canceled, but the original show is still going. But whatever, I'm sure at some point. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so thumbs up for Gen V. Next up, we're going to talk about upload, and I know they dropped two episodes, but I only saw one. But if you guys want to talk about two, did you see two, Yusin? I didn't see any because, remember, I forgot to watch season two. I've got to go oh, back and watch season two. Oh, that's right. So, no. I okay, so we'll just talk about the first episode of upload because um, that's the only thing I saw. I was going to watch the second. When the first episode ended, I was like, not sad is not the word. I was just like, because huh. they they re they didn't reset everything, but they put stuff in a really weird place by the end of the premiere, and I wasn't sure I wanted to click the second episode immediately. I was like, let me chill for a second. Uh, but the it definitely continues directly after the end of season two. So like the wherever season two ends, like this is five minutes later, pretty much. And, um, but what I don't understand is the ex-girl, the rich ex-girlfriend, you know, like he totally blows her off in season two and in season three, she's like, I gotta be my own person. I can't let this guy control me. I gotta, can't obsess. He says five nice things to her. She realizes that he's been reset and she's like, oh great. I can take advantage of him again. I was like, you learn nothing. Well, you just yeah. went through this whole thing about how you were changed. You were different. Five seconds. She's totally back where she was before. It's just, ugh. Yeah, but that's I just character. character. She's really I shallow. Know, I know, but the whole point was she was supposed to be growing. <laughs> that was where they were going, and they were like, she's growing as a character. No, she did not grow at all. So I was a little disappointed by that. Uh, and then the ex-boyfriend of the programmer chick that I can't think of her name, he was kind of gross with his whole... You know, I'm I'm mad you broke up with me, so I'm gonna be a complete, you know, jerk to your new boyfriend, and then hound you now. Like everything he said in the first episode was crazy annoying. I did not, I did not like him. Mm. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, well, I have to admit, it it's it probably was because it was so late, and and I was super tired. But I started watching the the first episode. Uh, the day before yesterday and I got about halfway through and completely lost consciousness <laughs> and, <laughs> and woke up and it's like oh I should just watch this over again and I was too tired and I just gave up and so I waited until the next day when I felt better and more alert and I actually did like the episode when I finally was you know awake enough to watch it but it is more slow moving than the it's, it's a shame you didn't see the second episode because it does get better in episode two and and, you know, plays off all the themes that was that were set and it gets much weirder. But um, in episode one, I think, you know, it's it's pretty much setting up, OK, this is where we are and this is where we're taking the, the, the narrative from here because we're getting into this whole thing of how there is this this 
conglomerate this this, yeah. this multi-corporate conspiracy going on these corporations that should be um you know competing against each other are actually working together towards something really evil and by the end of the episode we learn what that really evil thing is and they're getting away with it's, actually killing people it's um, super evil it's it's i mean you know and they show it really graphically too and uh, yeah. so so it's it and they're doing it just so that they can amass more power so um i really i was i was interested in in where they're taking that and the fact that you know most of the show so far for two seasons we have mostly seen the the digital world that's been created right. and only little flashes of of the world outside you know and yes it's it's a crappy dystopian thing where people have a hard time getting work um but we really haven't seen it in any detail and in this season it looks like we are really going to explore what this dystopian society is and and i'm looking forward to where they go with that yeah i could see that they they actually do make the real world more interesting i will give them that mm -hmm. um but let's wrap this up uh i mean I'm not resounding thumbs up for upload, but it's not a down either. It's somewhere in the middle for me for right now. Yeah, I think you'll like. I think you'll like episode two better, honestly. Okay, I believe that. I believe that. All right, let's move on. Uh, next, we are going to talk about our flag means death, and this is what are the last two episodes? Because they're dropping. Oh my god, they're dropping two episodes at a time. At a time per drop, so that would be four, but we're not going to do that. That seems crazy. So we are going to talk episodes four and five, which was last week's episodes. Because I know they're dropping two episodes per week, but that's too much to discuss in one podcast. We're going to just talk two, two at a time. So we're going to do uh, three and four. No, sorry. Four and five. Yeah, four and five. We're doing four and five. All right. So, Allison, since you didn't get to talk about the first three episodes, I feel like you should be able to go first and tell us what you thought of four and five. Um, okay, well, starting with four, I, I really enjoyed that, particularly because they're, they're using two characters who were actual historical people um, who actually uh, pirated together, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. And, uh, you know, they turned them into a couple, which has been theorized before, but, you know, not... I mean, it's one of those outer theories, but still, um, seeing them uh, together as this couple running an antique pretty, store in the middle pretty of... Pretty dysfunctional couple, though. Very scary dysfunctional couple. Um, I mean, it's called Fun and Games for a reason. It's, it's their relationship, which has to do with some very, very violent ways to keep their relationship fresh. Um, so, uh, you know, I, th I, thought, I thought that was bizarre and fun and but it's funny. also a reflection of steed and blackbeard uh how their relationship was kind of paused and they weren't sure where they were going and mm -hmm. they didn't know if they should have a relationship or what it would even look like and so then seeing the example of these women in their relationship they were like oh let's not do what they're doing <laughs> you know so they were poisoning the whole each setting other. things on fire bit. Um, well, they were poisoning each other and stabbing each other. It was a little extreme. Yeah. A little bit. But uh, uh, I remember that, that Anne Bonny has the thing of saying, well, you're just in the honeymoon stage of the relationship because one of these days you're going to be like us. And they're like, 
know, maybe not. <laughs> um, so that was all, that was all fun. I, I, I loved all that. What I also, uh, I, I liked, and I also was kind of sad because we lost buttons in the episode. Um, as, as he oh. fulfilled his desire <laughs> I was like, to become we lo- a seagull. I was like, we lost buttons. And I was like, oh, that's what you mean. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we lost. He he, he finally went and became a seagull. Is and that like ascending? Did he ascend to, to the gods? I, I guess. He wanted to be forever at sea. And so now he's a seagull. And I, I, I was kind of wondering, because I, I thought, you know, especially after he got the uh, the, the spell in the last in the previous episode i thought oh i know he's going to turn himself into a seagull and i'm figuring okay it's going to have be somewhere in like season three that that's going to happen or it'll happen very at the very end he'll he'll go off as a seagull and then it happens in like the very next episode and apparently it's because the the uh, actor had conflicting schedules with the show and so they had to find a creative way to write him out but they're hoping to bring him back again in some capacity in season three. So looking forward to that. But that was That's interesting. That was all very nice. Uh Yusin, any thoughts about this or the next episode? Um yeah, you know, in general, um I'm loving the season. I'm loving the show. Um it is very fanficy. Everything is so, you know, pleasing to the viewer. Um everything kind of sort of working out. There's some angst in there, but uh, for me, I love all of the side dialogue b- with the crew. You know, the crew is always making these comments, um, you know, about mental health or, you know, just, I, I can't, I'm not, I won't do justice. I can't even think of a single quip or a single line right now. But um, for me, the show, the writing uh, is even funnier in some ways than the first season uh, because we're very familiar with the characters now. Uh, they've all meshed together. Um, and so it's just kind of fun watching their antics. Uh, and we've got um, them back together again now, finally. Uh, it, I, I'm glad that they didn't make us wait a whole season to, watching them try to find each other or near misses. I thought, oh, God, are we going to do this You know, with the message in a bottle and you know, they were going to do something where we would have to wait uh, the entire season for them to get back together again. That would have made me miserable. So um, great fan service to them for giving me the couple back uh, and, um, you know, just watching them do their angsty stuff. It was really uh, fun to watch the the lesbian couple um, be very um, crazy with each other. Um, the little house of horrors in the middle of nowhere um so and then it like burned the whole they shoot they burned the whole place down they literally burned it down yeah and and they were like we're off we're gonna go back to the seas and you know so the dysfunctionality was at its height um yeah no i'm just enjoying the show it's it's a light show for me i think the first season uh, and this is not a diss in any way uh it it turned out to be such a surprise and it was so poignant uh and it was so deep you know, sort of in its in its poignancy for me because it came as such a surprise. Whereas this season, it's much lighter fare for me, and it's just a fun romp uh, for me with a lot less deep, deep quality uh, of emotion. Just more really enjoying myself, which is not an indictment at all. You know, I'm just loving the season. 
Well, you know, I think one of I, I think because we're expecting certain things now from uh, the Steed and Blackbeard relationship, and so when they go there, it's not there's the 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 unexpected is expected you know right, we're not we're right. not like oh my god i can't believe they're going there i can't believe that's actually happening exactly. um we know it's going there but yeah. i think for me and what surprised me a lot with with this season is that um the emotional heart for me in this season has moved over to izzy and he yes. was a character who i came really close to not liking in in season one yes. and in this he is he has really become kind of the heart and soul of season two watching his growth mm. from this this villainous character this antagonistic character um who who was the 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 one who who had all these machinations that made all these terrible things happen um seeing him grow from that i mean first sink down to his lowest level and then come back up again and part of that is with the help of the rest of the crew who are accepting him um is fantastic to watch and con o'neill is brilliant in this role absolutely brilliant and there there have been moments where i've found his growth in this very moving i so i i I really have been surprised by the character uh growth of, of him of all people and and the actor is fantastic to watch. Yeah, I agree. Was not expecting. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I could uh I could say that I'm right behind you on that. I I didn't hate Izzy's character, but I started to like. I I think I started to like him at the end of season one, but now I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely they're doing a great job. All right, let's wrap that one up. Thumbs up. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's all we have for this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You listen to us on sci-fi.radio, Six Degrees of Geek, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.